0: When you go to any of the co-working spaces in the Bay Area and you walk in around 6 o'clock at night, you will see hundreds if not thousands of immigrants moonlighting on ideas. That screams out opportunity. That screams out an audience willing, and able, and ready to take the jump.
1: I'm Scott McGrew. Welcome to Sand Hill Road.
2: Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today.
3: Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress-them-on-the-third-date guacamole?
1: You are a guest in this country. I am. You you employ how many
4: people? Uh, We're 120 people now.
1: 120 people. You are creating wealth for Americans, but you are here at the pleasure of the United States government. Mm -hmm. That's me about 10 years ago talking to a 24-year-old Irishman named John Collison, who had to convince the U.S. government he was worth keeping around. He was. He and his equally Irish brother, Patrick, created the fintech company Stripe and became the youngest self-made billionaires in America.
4: I look back at my life and say, wow, I can't believe coming from literally a stone age, I'm really dealing with the rocket age. It's, it's really very, very satisfi- satisfying and unbelievable.
1: Zscaler CEO Jay Chaudhry who grew up without running water in India.
4: You have to be able to prove you can support yourself to get into the United States. So yes, I had to save up for my 200 bucks to get in so that the guy at the uh, immigration couldn't say send you back because you can't support yourself.
1: Rory O'Driscoll, immigrant from Ireland with $200 in his pocket at the time, now partner at Scale Ventures.
0: Candidates for naturalization, please raise your right hand and repeat after me. I hereby declare on oath.
1: One of the stories we tell ourselves as Americans is the story of the American dream. If you come to this country with just a few coins in your pocket, but you work hard, you can build a new life.
4: In some cases, you can become fabulously wealthy. It's an important thing because it's intertwined in the fabric of what made Silicon Valley and, and not just Silicon Valley. Unshackled Ventures, Nitin Paticia
0: When you think about the immigrant themselves leaving their home country is an entrepreneurial act. And his co-founder, Manin Metha. That's That's the start of an entrepreneur's journey. And so it's not surprising that in any nation that has a strong immigration inflow, we'll see more innovation and ambition.
1: This week on Sand Hill Road, unshackled's laser focus on finding and funding immigrant entrepreneurs. Where are they coming from?
0: I mean, candidly, there's 32 different countries of birth represented in our portfolio. Give me examples: um, India, China, Russia, Colombia, Mexico, Canada, um, Singapore,
4: Israel, UK, Israel, UK, France, UK,
0: Spain. Um, yeah, I mean, you're, you're Lesotho out of Africa, like even small uh, landlocked nations, like it's it's diverse. I mean, we saw this what a year ago. We were looking at countries of birth of all the inbound deal flow. Over 170 different countries are represented. And I think that's not about Unshackled, that's about America a lot more, right? Like just the, the wide appeal of being an entrepreneur in America. Is something that a lot of a lot of entrepreneurs aspire for. We're just here to catch them. I mean, look, we, we're. I think we're a nation that has always loved the underdog to heroic outcome story, right? And I think it's a story that is really aspirational. Um, you see this in anything you you watch on TV or you experience in life, whether it be sports or entrepreneurship or job or jobs or. Um, even national politics, you kind of see the same thing. You love the underdog story, the outsider succeeding in this country. I mean, really, it it goes back to our founding days. Like that's what it was. It was the less equipped army winning, right? The battle against uh, in that case, the u k. And so I think that's that's part of our fabric. And I think that story is going to resonate for as long as this promise of America exists. and i I, I think it's a it's a very aspirational, inspirational story
4: it's not just folklore it's it's a real story we, we see this in our portfolio all the time like yeah. we have founders who who grew up in war torn countries who grew up on a coconut farm came here with literally not even a penny survived on hackathon winnings and are now running what 100 plus million dollar companies and so it, it's it's a story that's very well founded in truth i came here with nothing i had a job so i wasn't on the street but i came here literally with no money we can we can go after so many examples that are that are all around us the the beauty is the platform that america is not 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 just a country not just a geographic location but the platform that it is that enables ambition to be pursued and we give people that that opportunity that platform They'll take it and run with it. What is the current status of our immigration?
1: And, you know, treat me like I'm, uh, you know, a a third grader. What is the current system in place now? And is it sufficient
4: to bring in, attract, and keep talent? So this may sound controversial, but I am a product of a great immigration policy working. Manan's dad, is a product of an immigration policy working. And many of the examples we just took are examples of the immigration policy working. It may not be perfect, but it's better than anything else anywhere else. Countries like UK, Singapore, Canada, Argentina, they're doing their best to attract talent. There's still flaws. The, The ecosystem as well as the immigration policy. So we, in my opinion we have one of the best immigration systems in the world. We can make it better. We can make it easier. It's always also an ambition in the U.S. is we can always be better. Tomorrow can be better than today. So uh, I think the policy works, and, and some more fine-tuning and some more getting people together can, can make it a better experience for immigrants. See, that surprises me. I mean, two guys who are working with immigrants, and we'll talk about how in a minute,
1: uh, you're saying, no, I, we're good.
0: I mean, if you really think about it, Unshackled could exist nowhere else in the world in a lot of ways. The United States, we love touting the stat of nearly half of all unicorn companies in this country are founded by immigrants. Can anyone name me the second closest nation to that stat? Can we even name unicorn companies in other nations in the world? And so in spite of of maybe some of the the narrative and, and the challenges, and to be clear, there are certain challenges, right? If you... If you look at kind of the the stats again, like 13.6% of this country is immigrants now. In the last seven years, 77% of those that have come to the country are highly educated. And this past year, we had 780,000 H1B petitions for less than 100,000 positions. So there is a gap, right? There's there's an influx coming in. There's a, a flight of quality that is coming here that we are not always retaining. And so there is opportunity there to do something better. And I think that's really a bipartisan issue if you really think about high school immigration, give them a green card, let them stay here, be taxpayers, build American jobs. But that all said, there is still something that works. And there is something really promising, so much so that our friends up north going back to Canada for a moment (laughs) need to recruit from our population and not their own population, right? They are proactively recruiting people whose first choice was America, that's a little bit big brother, little brother syndrome right there. And, I, and I, I would like to use that more as a recognition of what this country has done in the first place. It can be better. And we're here because we want to make it better. But we're also not here to, to not acknowledge the fact that we are products of it.
4: Uh, what do you do? What, what do you do for immigrants? Uh, three things that we, we do at, a, at, a, at our core is um, over the nine years, we've figured out how to identify upside in people who do not have social signals yet. So most of the most of the founders we're working with are first-time founders. They may have gone to decent schools or not. They may have worked at companies we know or not. Our lens has been the same consistently. So so step number one is We've opened access to everybody and figured out ourselves how to identify upside upside in in people. Number two is understand the frictions that this population faces that is not being addressed by anybody else in the ecosystem. And we took that away. So immigration is one of the bigger ones. and, And so we've created solutions that can address the needs of these immigrants that that solution is not always the same for everybody but sometimes it's we have a research lab and and you can come in and do the innovation that you want to do at this research lab you don't have to continue to work for apple so now we have full time flexibility to research what you want to research other times we have internal resources that can help you structure your company in a way that you can now leave your job and work there um So take immigration out as as one big bucket. The other components really fall around the nuances of when you are an immigrant, what are little things that stand in your way? For example, every year you're going to go to DMV to get your license renewed because it's linked to your visa renewal. You may not get Credit. You may need support with getting your apartment lease. Those are nuances that we've learned through lived experiences, and and it's natural for us to have that affinity and not be, not not be surprised by. Oh, you're. We are an investor in your company. You're asking us to support you with that. That's not my job. Instead, we've changed it to what stands in your way. Let us take that away. Okay. Picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you.
1: Are not there some barriers to creating companies here if you're an immigrant in the sense that um, you can't H-1B visa yourself, right? I mean, you can't decide to hire yourself. What are, what are some of the barriers that uh, uh, you know, a very smart PhD who wants to create a, a, a startup here in America, what, do, what
4: barriers do they face? The biggest barrier is poor information. Because we we now live in, in a culture of overgeneralized content everywhere. And so the first thing you do is go to go on Google and how can I start a company on an H one B? And you get very generalized responses of a lot of things that you can't do. I and many of our portfolio founders spoke with dozens of immigration attorneys and they'll give you generalized responses. The international student centers will give you generalized responses. So the the biggest barrier is how how do we get better information to the founders? Because there's a lot of things that you can do. You are studying at a school on an F1 visa. You're working for someone on an H1 or TN type of visa. You can still do customer discovery. You can still talk to people to build your team. You can still be fundraising. You can be an incorporator of your company. You can be on the board of directors of your company. You just are not employed at your company. So if you if you separate the concept of work and employment and therefore break the gainful employ, gainful engagement part, you can now figure out what you can do. And that's more important for an entrepreneur to know is what they can do. The cannot do, there's plenty of. And so we, we kind of approach it uh, in the form of, Here's all the things that you can do before you're full time before you even need to be full time and 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 guide founders. I do these calls fifteen minutes calls on my calendar that are just open to anyone, and a lot of those end up with shit, I had no idea I can do all this right and and just showing people that path forward, the promise of you can opens a lot of doors,
0: yeah know i think I think and ultimately when you get a little more specific about it as well, there is a way to, like I said, anyone in the world can incorporate a business in the United States, a Delaware C Corp. The question of being on a visa is something that we wanted to always answer with a yes. If Unshack was behind you, yes, you can. Not yes, comma, but yes, you can. And, you know, part of what Nathan alluded to earlier around this idea of an R&D technology lab is that, we as an organization are able to be your sponsor we can hire the immigrant visa to work on the immigrant on a visa to work on their company and that was something that we structured 9 years ago and it's why today we've done what is it now 230 plus immigration filings on behalf of our founders to the tune of 100% success in getting them work authorization and that is that goes back to what Nathan was talking about which is there's a lot of things you can do and if you provide clarity of information, people will take action. I mean, we joke internally, imagine going to seven CPAs and for your taxes every year and get told you owe seven different numbers. Who are you going to believe? Not the lowest or the highest, because you're probably going to throw those out. And that's what immigration law can be sometimes when you go on Google and talk to attorneys. You may get seven different opinions. Where we sit in is we sit in a, in a, in a lane where if you want to start a company and you're on a visa— Here is how we will help you. And it gets very tactical and very specific based upon where you're born, your education level, your current accolades, your papers, your research, your PhD, whatever it may be, those all factor in. Because U.S. immigration law is also really nuanced, right? Where India is a non-treaty country, but Pakistan is, right? Despite some of the, the recent movements you're seeing kind of in a geopolitics way. And that creates unique challenges, And so understanding those elements goes a long way in solving a problem.
1: When you say that you can uh, extend visas to—are the H-1B visas? What kind of visas are they?
0: Yeah, so as an organization, we have supported and helped founders on 13 different visa types in the last nine years. So H-1B being one of them. TNs, which are for our Canadian, Mexican, um, North American colleagues. uh, You have things like H-1B1 for Singaporeans. You have L's, you have E's, it's, it's alphabet soup. So, if you know immigration law, you'll know what we're saying. If not, don't worry about it. Um, but the it, point it re- being
1: is, I can come to you and say right? I would like to stay here. I would like to create a company. You you get details from me, and you say, yeah, there is an alphabet visa that'll fit this.
0: It, it's not so much we will tell them from the very beginning of Unshackle. We've partnered with serrati Law Firm. They are immigration partners. For 9 years they've been working alongside of us to help our founders start companies on visas and they are not charging our founders for their services. Those are those that's a relationship that we have built as a partnership with them so that every single founder we talk to gets specified strategies, not generic strategies. And that's where this kind of works, right? We we've created specificity, understanding and curiosity to solve their problem. There have been situations where we have actually sponsored the, sponsor the spouse so that the founder could then go full-time because the spouse may be on a faster track to employ employment authorization, which would then be used by the founders themselves. And so it's a really interesting way of looking at it, but I think that's what sets us apart.
1: I earlier said how I was surprised that the two of you were saying, had such a positive attitude Towards, hey, we can do this. Are you surprised? I'm surprised?
4: no that, that surprise is justified because, so it's an first of all, it's an acquired taste. You have to be in the space to really appreciate the space and it's it's I can appreciate why you don't have to right The closer you get to it. And and I think I think part of it is just also our DNA. We approach situations more with a solution mindset and and kind of look at what is possible here. You cannot be an entrepreneur, in my opinion, if you don't have that that outlook. And and so we've always approached this with, uh, you know, when I was trying to go full time on my company, and a couple dozen attorneys told me you can't. I could have stopped and whined and written a medium post or something or look, or just continue to look for a solution that can make it work. And I found an equal partner in Manan who, who was similarly very positive-minded. And so that creativity and curiosity kind of guides us to what is good about the system and how can we work within the system to make it better for the people who can make it better for the rest of us.
1: Mm-hmm.
4: And, and that's, been, that, that's been the philosophy that's been working for for 10 years now.
1: Why uh, fund immigrants? I mean, I've, the answer is fairly obvious based on what we were talking about earlier. But why aren't you um, a machine learning specialist? Or
0: I mean, you know, I think a lot of it comes down to the starting point of where Unshackle was born. Um, Nitin himself experienced the challenges of being on a visa, starting a company. I, when I tried to start a company, had a co-founder, a different co-founder that was on a visa and was being um, affected by some of the challenges that existed. I think to Nathan's point earlier is when we both ran into that problem, we both looked for solutions and we couldn't find anything. When you go to any of the co-working spaces in the Bay Area and you walk in around six o'clock at night, you will see hundreds if not thousands of immigrants moonlighting on ideas that screams out opportunity. That screams out an audience willing and able and ready to take the jump. And so just like anyone else that builds any product in the market, whether it be a yogurt company or be a plant-based protein company or you know something completely different, a new TV studio, you see an opportunity, you see an audience, and you try to build something for them. So in a lot of ways, it started from personal experience and customer discovery. But then when you layer in on top of the fact that over the last 20 years, the talent that has entered this country globally continues to be some of the best in the world. And by not serving them is actually almost un-American in a lot of ways um, because there is a little bit of, of national pride that both of us take by either being born here or migrating here that this is a place that many people in the world want to go to. And so... As I said earlier, you know, we've learned that immigrants actually are our national advantage, right? As as a constituency, if we want to talk about AI, machine learning, you mentioned, Mm -hmm. cybersecurity, the DOD, immigrants are innovating. And those organizations are attracting immigrants. They're trying to bring them here. And so it also turns out if you are part of something that is scaling and bigger, you can do quite well. Right, So there's this element of, we're not just here to be grant money and do good. We're trying to do really well, just as many of the immigrants who come to America are also trying to do well. And so for us, it really became this confluence of multiple factors that personal experience, understand the geopolitics, and ultimately understanding the economic principles of venture capital, immigrants were a no-brainer.
4: I laughed when you asked that question because it reminded me of this conversation we had with one of our institutional LPs, um, asked the same question: Why not a theme? Why why fund immigrants? And the answer that that I offered was because we never started off being a VC fund. We didn't start off being VCs. We weren't looking for a thesis. We started off with a problem. The problem being, there's a lot of immigrant talent that's trapped in large organizations or at universities that is looking to start companies and and is blocked. So how do we unlock that? We, we looked for a solution for that. We figured out the solution. And then we looked for a business model, just like any entrepreneur would go through the journey of there's a problem, there's a solution. How am I going to monetize this? And we went through that and VC was the model to monetize that. And, and so that that's the theme that, that just continues on and we will continue, like that's not going to change we do not believe we're smarter than the founders we back in identifying problems and opportunities and and themes. What we are really good at is when we meet an entrepreneur where, where ambition and opportunity meet and we see that upside, we will shoulder-to-shoulder shoulder work with that founder and take away whatever stands in their way as friction that we can solve as their partners and let them build what they are really, really good at. So, teams is is mm-hmm. not out of thing
0: <laughs> I mean and, and jokes aside, we have generative AI companies that were founded six years ago, yeah, right I love that everyone's talking about it in the last twelve months right <laughs> they're talking about it because entrepreneurs told them they, that it would exist someone created something and then perhaps through the way we cover topics, we created a fancy name called generative AI, right but the truth is entrepreneurs write the future so in a lot of ways, we kind of joke and laugh when people have themes. We go, by the time you invest in themes, you are investing in the back half of that entrepreneurial journey or that intersection of, of innovation and that and adaptation. And, and so we we really realize as VCs that we are late when it comes to writing themes, right? Unless you're a large VC fund that can fund the winner that everyone knows about and you can win, you're not really inventing the future because again the entrepreneurs that are building it are going to learn what the future looks like so yeah it's fun to think about what web3 did what generative ai did we're seeing an energy we're, we're laughing going we had those investments 6 7 years ago it just so happened it wasn't covered by the the vc ecosystem yet
1: and and your right. lps are they see the obvious
4: advantages that we were talking about about getting in on the ground floor yeah the 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 three yeah the three stats that kind of speak heavily to when we first met, what was an idea to what now is is become a, a full-fledged business and a foundation to what we'll do next is seventy-three percent of LPs in the current fund are institutions, which is which is exceptional for a sub fifty million dollar fund. Seventy-two um, percent of the companies we fund have gone on to raise seed or subsequent rounds. That's a lot of validation from. Downstream VCs who have much longer track records than ours, and our portfolio companies have gone on to raise more than seven hundred fifty million dollars. Downstream, uh, we have only invested across the three funds about thirty something million dollars, and so the multiple on on what our investment enables downstream is 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 a major proof, and so. The the combination uh, of of all that leads to the uh, yeah, convergence mm-hmm. of what we're doing is is here to stay.
1: The founders of Unshackled Ventures, 80 companies in their portfolio, now investing 35 million more dollars in immigrant entrepreneurs from their Fund Three. Sand Hill Road is produced by Sean Myers, under the leadership of Sarah Bueno and Stephanie Adruni. For more interviews with Silicon Valley's most influential entrepreneurs, check me out on TV at Press Here. That's Sunday mornings on NBC Bay Area and everywhere in the world on iTunes and at PressHereTV.com.